Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. I'm living for another kingdom. I'm living for something better. This world, the best it has to offer to me is, is like nothing compared to what's to come. Fight for your freedoms here. I'm, I'm living for the future. I'm living for streets made of gold. I'm living for a new heaven, new earth, no more sin, no more sorrow, no more sickness. I, that's what I'm living for. You can fight for your freedoms here on this planet. You can have it. Something better is coming, though. What are you living for? Are you fighting for freedom? Well, today, Pastor James tells us that he's living for God's kingdom. Indeed, God's kingdom is coming to earth. Jesus taught us to pray for God's kingdom to come to earth like it is in heaven. Can you imagine that? God's kingdom with all of its kindness, love, peace, joy, and authority ruling here on earth? It just doesn't seem like anything will ever change, but it will. Let's remember that God created this earth and he plans to make it new. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Acts chapter 4 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Praise God for those midwives who feared God and who lied to their boss. They're like, oh, these super women are, man, they're like nobody else. They shoot that baby out and they're right, like, we can't even keep up with them. Those midwives were not willing to take the innocent life of a child, even though it was a government rule. It came from the king, it came from Pharaoh. They disobeyed the law in order to obey a higher law. There's your out. If our government starts to ask you to do things that are contrary to the gospel or contrary to what God has stated within his word, you don't have to obey that. You don't have to obey that. Now, the thing is defining what, what's what. The last two years, like this shot thing was going around all that stuff. And well, the government can't make you take a shot, number one. I think the Supreme Court kind of decided on that thing. They don't have control over your body. They can't make you do that. So that's just a personal choice. And then wherever your convictions are on, for, or against, that's just your choice. That's not, that's not a big deal. That's not like, you're not getting a shot. You're not like sticking it to the man, right? You're just like, well, you just chose not to do that. And maybe your employment was on one side or the other. I don't know. But I don't think that lines up too much with what we're talking about here. Maybe a little bit, a little crossover and all that good stuff. But what we're talking about is like Acts chapter 4, where the apostles were preaching the gospel and then they got arrested for preaching the gospel. In fact, I want to read this to you. You can even turn over there if you want. Acts chapter 4. This is such a beautiful portion of scripture. In Acts chapter 4, verse, start in verse 8. Just want to start with Peter's reply to this council. Okay, These guys were the religious leaders of the day. Peter, it says, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, respectful. He's being respectful to them. Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified. Whoa, okay, still respectful, but he's throwing it back at him like he's dead because of you. Well, he's not dead, he's still alive. Next part. But whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one who is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that the builders rejected 
has now become a cornerstone. We remember that. Peter referenced that a few verses prior to where we're at today. It says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. It's through the name and person of Jesus Christ. What's wrong with this message, right? They're like, no, this is, this is a message where you're telling us we can't, we can't share anymore. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men, uneducated men, technically, fishermen, with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. That's the key. They had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there in front of them, this lame man that they'd healed, uh, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chambers and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny they performed a miraculous sign. And everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. Knows about what? Their good deed. Their good deed. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back and commanded them to never again speak or teach in the name of Jesus. They have just declared a law for these guys to follow. And still being respectful, Peter and John replied, I love this from the New Living Translation, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Let me just ask you a question, chief priest, religious guys. It, you, do, you think, do you actually think God wants us to obey you rather than him? No. The, the answer is no. Like, we're going to obey God. Now, they should have known that. They go on to say, verse 20, we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council threatens them further and is like, well, we're just going to keep arresting you. And that happened but they kept sharing the gospel because God's law is above man's law. And so even though these guys who were threatened by these apostles and still threatened by Jesus were like, well, we'll just make a law where you can't share the gospel anymore. And the apostles are like, well, good luck with that because we're going to obey him. So, you know, just save, save me space in the jail cell because I'm going to go out of here and I'm going to still preach the gospel. And you'll lock me up. And then the angel, angels will break me out, and I'll go back out there, and I'll preach the gospel. Well, you should respect the authority. and No, you should respect God first and foremost, and his word first and foremost. You can still respect and submit to authority, but not above the authority of God. We are called first and foremost to submit to God, to submit to God. So you had those midwives of Egypt, they disobeyed the law in order to save lives. I mean, you saw that in Nazi Germany. People were willing to disobey the law in order to save lives. You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were gathered together, and a, a great image was erected, right, for, for Nebuchadnezzar's sake. All these rulers, these leaders within his kingdom were commanded to bow down and worship this idol. And everybody did except for those three. They disobeyed law. That was the law from Nebuchadnezzar, the king. You must do this. And they said, we're not going to do that. Light the fires. 
And they lit the fires, and they got the oven hotter than it's ever been before. And it burned up the two guys who were, who were getting the, the flames going in the oven. And they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into this opened fire pit kind of a deal. And then they noticed, oh, there's, did we throw four in there? Because there's a fourth guy in there walking around with them. This was civil disobedience. But in their civil disobedience, so like, we will not compromise our allegiance to God. Jesus was there in the midst of that fire with them. Pull them out of the fire. The ropes weren't burned. Their clothes weren't burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell like smoke. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, truly, your God is the one true God. Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, another ruler. Daniel's high up within the, the organization. Daniel was a governmental official. They made a rule. It was through some other leaders that hated Daniel, and they were looking for ways to trap Daniel. And so they convinced the king to make a law for the next day, 24 hours or so, or however long, nobody can pray to anyone or anything but you. And if they do, we can kill them. The king's not really thinking. He's like, yeah, that sounds good to me. More worship for me? Yeah, why not, right? Like these guys oftentimes carry a rather large ego, right? And they like to have that thing stroked. So they're very, you know, egotistical and all that good stuff. Daniel did what he, Daniel always did. And what his normal practice was to pray. And then that normal practice became illegal. And Daniel just continued to pray as a governmental official. He was like, I'm not going to obey that law. I'm not going to obey it. Why not? Because God's law is, is king. It's preeminent. It's over all laws. And they set him up so they could bust him. They could get rid of Daniel because, well, the spirit of God was, was on Daniel. These other dudes were, were jealous of him. And so uh, the, the king didn't want to do it, but he threw him into the lion's den. And Daniel was fine. Daniel was fine. The guys who set him up got thrown into there with their families, and then the lions had their own Thanksgiving meal uh, with all those families, but Daniel was fine. And the Lord protected Daniel through his civil disobedience. So there are ways out, okay? I think we as Christians need to be sensitive as we are living within this world and wanting to be salt and light. Remember, we talked about that. We need to be salt and light and really just being quick to listen and slow to like react. I'm going to say it like that, okay? Because sometimes we're very reactive. We hear something, it's like, wow, reaction. And we want to scale it back a little bit, process through what we're hearing, see the headline, filter through that headline. What's that talking about? Oh, this new legislation thing or this new law that they're trying to pass. What does that actually say? What is that? Is that a threat to us? Or is it not? And if it's something that comes across the line where it's like, hey, Christians, you cannot do this anymore, and if that's against what God has commanded us to do, we disobey. You disobey. And that's fine. And you'll be okay. <laughs> you'll be all right. I think our problem is we look for things that aren't really, they're really kind of, I would say, open-handed issues, and we want to fight over those things. Don't waste your time fighting over silly things. But in our, this world that we live in, and 
I don't, I don't know what's on the horizon for our, for our nation. Right now we have freedom. Today you have freedom. There's no threat of anybody coming through that door and arresting us. And it'll probably be like that for, I would assume, the next few years, praying that Jesus comes back before that. But regardless of the, the scenario in which we find ourselves living or, or whatever government is in charge of where we are while we're here on this planet, what we do need to understand is we as his children will be okay. Christ followers can live anywhere and be okay. Now, this, the circumstances and the environment may not be that great, but we got to remember, we're looking at the same big picture, guys. This is such a small sliver of your existence on this planet. And I'm all for fighting for freedoms. I'm all for dealing with corruption and, and all that good stuff. I, I'm all for those things. But I also have to take a step back personally and think like, okay, my time on this planet, if I'm given 70 years, that's barely a, a vapor of my existence. You and I, as Christ followers, you will rule and reign with Christ, the new heaven and new earth. Probably a good idea to learn how to respect authority now especially if you will have some sort of authority role later on with him, right? I don't know, even know what that means. We can study some of that stuff later, but we need to remember, too, the context. He's writing to people that were in much more difficult time than we are today. And we also have to remember our submission to human authority or governmental authority and all that good stuff, it's for his sake. It's for the Lord's sake. And then this last little bit here, we're trying to live honorable lives. You, you want to silence the foolishness of the world? Live a good, holy, set-apart life. Do that. That's a good remedy to that. It says verse 16. Oh, here's the fun one. Okay. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. You're free. Now, again, context, he's writing to these people where a majority of the population are slaves. Are slaves. There were what, like some six million slaves in the Roman Empire? Like most people in the Roman Empire were slaves. So here's Peter writing to these people. He's like, you're free. Hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. If you understand your relationship with Jesus, you are free. You are free. But this government, no, 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 you're free. For them, it's like, I, I've been purchased by this family or these people. I, no, 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 you've been purchased by Jesus, by the blood of Christ. You're free. You can still be a slave and be free. Just don't use your freedom in Christ for evil. Now, there's, there's a lot of directions we can go with that. One, uh, just blatant one that I can think of would be this. We've had a history concerning, I'm part of the pregnancy board here in Galveston, right? So in the past, there's been an issue with people, and I don't know where to fit these people, if they're Christians or not Christians, I don't know, um, but, but think that they have the right or the freedom to go to abortion clinics and either blow it up or murder the people within there, and, and you, you don't. That's, that's evil, Okay, that's evil. That's, that's sin. Let's call it what it is. That person is not some righteous soldier representing God because human life is human life, right? You may not agree with what they're doing, but they're still made in the image of God. 
So it doesn't give you the right to go and blow up a facility because they're doing something that, yes, is awful, but you don't have the right to take somebody's life. So you have the freedom. You have the freedom to do what? You have the freedom to minister to those people. You have the, re- you have the freedom to, to represent God to these people. And to anybody, anybody can fall within that category. I use that as an example, but anybody can fall into that category. Use your freedom that you have in Christ, not for evil, but for good, for good. And that this is another hot topic within Christianity, right? Because we love to fight about, we love to fight about stupid things, right? I'm just going to say it like that. Um, Within the church, we love to fight about that. Can I drink? Can I not drink? Can I smoke? Can I not smoke? Who cares? If you get drunk, that's sin, right? There's your, like, there, okay, do you want to, these are open-handed issues. What are we doing? We're spending all our time fighting over silly things. Go out there and live a good, godly life, wherever you are, and let every decision you make be ran through that filter. Does this honor Christ? And if it doesn't, then don't do it. I have the freedom to do that. You just lost the battle then. My goodness, lay it aside. Why do we as Christians want to fight to the death over stupid stuff? This is eternity we're talking about. This is heaven and hell we're talking about. And I know it because I've been a part of these arguments before. I'll, I'll own that. But we just spend hours upon hours wrestling with like nonsensical kind of things of like, these are open-handed issues. Well, the whole time we're in here arguing with each other, I'm not talking about church right now, I'm just saying like in the, within the context of the church, arguing with each other, that means we're not out there sharing the gospel with anybody. And every second a human soul ceases to exist on this planet. It, it's heaven and hell. That's the reality we live in. Well, I think I should be able to drink. Okay, then drink. I don't know. Like, don't get drunk. The Bible's pretty clear on this stuff, right? I'm like, my goodness, right? You got a conviction to not drink? I personally have a conviction to not drink. I'm not going to drink. And plus, with what I've agreed to as part of Calvary Chapels, this, most of the senior pastors that I know of within Calvary's, they don't drink. I laid aside that right, the freedom I had. Why? Because, well, I got, a pa- I got family history there. I got family history there. I, got, I personally have to stay away from it because I know how I am. I'm, but I'm willing to like, I'm, I'm just going to lay that, I'll lay that aside. No big deal. I'm living for another kingdom. I'm living for something better. This world, the best it has to offer to me is, is like nothing compared to what's to come. Fight for your freedoms here. I'm, I'm living for the future. I'm living for streets made of gold. I'm living for a new heaven, new earth. No more sin, no more sorrow, no more sickness. I, that's what I'm living for. You can fight for your freedoms here on this planet. You can have them. Something better is coming, though. Verse 17. Respect everyone. Oh, no, wait, scratch that out. We don't like that. Um, <laughs> skip it out. Love the family. Love Christians. Oh, that, we like that one. Well, unless you're talking about that one guy, right? Like, no, no, I don't like that guy. Some of these verses are so just like revealing of our hearts. <laughs> I mean, right? Like you read through this, you're like, respect everyone. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Are you? Are, am I? No, I'm not. Oh, look, I'll be honest. I started out this AA meeting with me confessing my shortcomings, right? I'm like, do I find it easy to respect everyone? No. No, I don't. 
James, you just said you respect the office, but you don't respect those people. Yeah, look, I told you, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I'll own it. This is like respect everyone, what, as human beings, image bearers of God. I do respect people in that regard. Please know that. Please understand me, right? Like, uh, whoever they may be, whatever their viewpoints may be, I, I may not have respect for their philosophy or worldviews or anything like that. But as a person made in the image of God, I do respect. I respect that. I honor that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Respect everyone. Love the family of believers. That's actually probably harder than the first one. If you've ever been a part of church things, for, you sometimes have more issues in the church than outside the church, if we're honest. Some of you might be here because of issues in other churches, to no fault of your own or whatever, but we can be like, man, we can be sometimes the meanest people, Christians. We just can be. And that's sad. Jesus didn't say, they'll know you by your spite for each other. I think he said, they'll know you by your love for each other, is what he said. So love the family of believers. The third one, fear God. Have reverence for God. Ultimate respect, awe for God. Respect the king. Respect the king. And these believers who are listening to this letter are like, hmm, <laughs> Where's, does anybody have Paul's address? Can I write a letter to the Apostle Paul? Like, cause, and then they get the book of Romans. They're like, well, we don't like that guy either. Because Romans chapter 13 says basically the same thing. Well, what do we do with all this? Live each and every day focused on Jesus. Live each and every day focused on the Lord and just seek him out before you do anything, before you turn on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. There's like only one conservative one, right? And there's some weird, you know, there's some smaller ones and they're fine, but uh, there's a lot of leftist ones. I, that's what I've come to discover because I don't watch the news. And then I finally, I'm like, I'm going to see what's going on. I'm like, well, there's a lot of guys on this side. It tells me something. But uh, before you do any of that stuff, focus on the Lord Jesus. Like, all right, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? How can I glorify you today? You know where I live. You know who's in charge, and they're in charge because you've allowed them to be in charge. So with all that, Lord, I'm here to represent you. I'm here as an ambassador of Christ to represent you, and you put me on a mission, and that's to tell people about you. So Lord, help me today not to get caught up in all this stuff. I want to embrace the freedoms that I have, but help me to use my freedom that I have for your glory, for your glory. And Lord, even if they take that away from me, how can I represent you today? Show me, Lord. Help me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower me to be a good citizen, to be a good American while you have me on this planet. That's got to be our focus, our start, and our finish. And your finish of the day is like, okay, Lord, I got some things I need to confess, <laughs> right? Like, I, I got some things I need to own up to. I wasn't all that respectful or whatever. Yeah, Lord, I, I, maybe I was speeding. I don't know. It's just keeping focused on the Lord, guys. It's focused on Him. Yes, I'm all for our political system and all that good stuff, and it's flawed, all that. If it's that big of a deal to you, then get out there and help people out. Get them excited to vote. Show them who to vote for and all that good stuff. And there's things you can do, but primary is we need to focus on Jesus and be about our Father's business and be about His business with all these days He's given us. Hopeless, hopeless, red for 
If you're at all familiar with the book of Job, then you can easily see how the book of 1 Peter ties into Job's experience of suffering. It doesn't seem fair, does it? You might ask, why aren't the unrighteous the ones that experience suffering and hardship? Why are those that want to follow God with all their hearts the ones that face trials? The truth is, it doesn't make sense to anyone who doesn't know God. But by knowing Him, you're willing to endure hard things, trusting that there's good ahead. In 1 Peter 3.15, Peter states, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you, with meekness and fear. So the next time you have an opportunity to share your testimony, make sure you include the fact that yes, you go through trials, but it's God working in and through you that gives you and others hope for the future. You've been listening to Bread for the Broken as we go through the book of 1 Peter. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. For those of you in the area, we would love to see you this Sunday. We meet every Sunday at 10 in the morning and every Thursday at 7 in the evening. We like to keep faith simple and uncomplicated. So if you're looking for that laid-back atmosphere, you'll be right at home with us. To find out more, head on over to breadforthebroken.com. We're so glad that you decided to spend your day with us. And we look forward to the next edition with you in the book of 1 Peter, here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.